That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, hello, hello. I am your Andy Cohen of food, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In your mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In your mouth. Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz, and can you believe it? Can you believe it, people? It is a year. A solid MF year of me doing this solo, people, and party on the podcast. Yes. (laughs) A year has flown by really quickly, hasn't it? I mean, from my first, like, complete solo episode to now, I would have never imagined, even in... Uh, 52 episodes plus some bonus episodes and whatnot, what this podcast has turned into. Um, just, just in me, you know, taking the plunge solo after uh, my podcast co-host left after um, episode 80. And I was getting a manicure pedicure today, yes, because I'm fancy. Um, and I was listening to that first episode today And it's just really interesting because the whole episode was talking about like taking time for self-care and taking time to digest. I used a really bad food analogy here. But looking back on it now and knowing what we know now in the state of the world, oh my God, talk about the opportunity to take time to digest, folks, huh? What, What a ride this year has been on. But I am so excited for today's episode because not only are we celebrating a year of Munoz solo on In Your Mouth, but who better to celebrate with than my gay fat friend? And before y'all come for me uh, for calling him this, it is a self-imposed title, the one, the only, Todd Masterson. Say hi, Todd. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm uh, hello. The honor and the privilege is all mine. In your mouth, <laughs> listeners, we it has been you know just Instagram food royalty after Instagram royalty these days on the pod. And Todd, yep, I'm a poet and didn't even know it. 
um, is right up there with them. If you didn't know, or if you don't know, and you should, Todd Masterson is a comedian, writer, and producer living with his teeny tiny husband in West Hollywood, California. We're going to have to get into that. He has written for such timeless icons as Joan Rivers and RuPaul, um, and is a writing alumni of the CBS Diversity Showcase. Todd has gone on to create Gay Fat Friend on Instagram, a satirical body positivity movement with over 30,000 followers. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to In Your Mouth, Todd. I love it here. Thank you so much. Yeah, isn't it lovely? (laughs) Such a delight. Yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed all the food in the green room that I slaved (laughs) away. Those macaroons, I mean, come on. Yes, not to be confused with macaron, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you are in New York. uh, Yes, I am in New York and you're in uh, West Hollywood and we're on Zoom. But before we get anywhere, Todd, I have to take you into, since today's just a day of celebration all around, um, into this day, this National Day in Food. And today is September 9th. um, So happy National I Love Food Day. What, that's just a, the blanket holiday. It's just, I love food. I love that. I mean, I guess it's apropos for like, I don't know, the day. Like We're just celebrating everything. Do you, think there are people that, do you think there are people that hate food? Just a blanket, I hate food. Like, never want to eat again. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, yes. I mean, we can go down a dark, scary hole of people who don't like food. Um, yeah, and then there are those people out there who have like, textural food problems or like they yeah. don't eat anything or those people out there who hate salt you know yeah. like, well my husband is one of the pickiest adult eaters i've ever met love him to death but he's a picky eater and um there are still things that he loves you know like he loves sushi he loves chicken nuggets he loves chocolate milk like even the pickiest eaters love some things i feel like yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, today is National I Love Food Day. So I guess, you know, whatever it is that you love about food, <laughs> we're celebrating. Yeah. I mean, today is definitely my holiday. I love food. So yeah. What's your what's your go-to? Like if you, you know, death row meal? Uh well, definitely sugar. Sugar is my favorite food. Okay. Uh, but I would say specifically... Oh, wait, are we talking white sugar or brown sugar? Or maybe sh- even dark brown <laughs> sugars, honey? <laughs> um, but I would say at the top of the list is gummy. Anything gummy uh, rules my life. And then right below that is like a Snickers bar. Like I love like chocolate and peanuts. Yeah, yeah, I can get... Yeah, candy sugar. is definitely my favorite food. That's it. That's interesting. I'm not a big candy guy. I love I, I'm a big chocolate guy. Like, give me a cookie. And mm-hmm. I am here for like that. Yeah. But as opposed to like, or give me like a slice of cake. But as far as I, it's rare if I go out to buy like a candy bar, you know, yeah, or anything like that. But you're in like the home of gummies, all the edibles out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I um I can't handle weed. I'm a big drinker, but I can't do weed. It really messes with me. Sometimes I think I'm allergic to it. But um, but yeah, it's so tricky because you go to a party. Well, when the world was open, you go to a party and you know you have to ask, is this drugs when you just want a simple gummy bear? Right. 
right? It's I really mean, we don't have that problem here in New York, but I remember yeah. a Halloween uh, many moons ago because I'm a gentleman soon to be of a certain age. Um, and I was at a Halloween party and they were passing around like these little like brownie bites. And I was like, oh my God, these are so delicious. I just kept popping them in my mouth. And my friend had to grab me and be like, um, those are edibles and you just had about six. You need yeah, to go. The same thing you happened to me at a party. Uh, my friend Irene had a bag, a Ziploc bag of goldfish crackers that look, it's like they had the same mold from the goldfish cracker company. Goldfish crackers, I ate like a handful of them, maybe like five. And she goes, oh, those are drugs, by the way. And I was like, what? How can you just have this laying around on your kitchen table with other snacks? Oh, my goodness. Oh my, Well, that's California for you these days. I mean, or what used to be, right? Um, <laughs> uh, before we move on to this day in gay history, um, a happy birthday, speaking of gentlemen of a certain age. Thanks. Yeah, I just turned 40 in August. Yes, happy birthday to you. Happy, I can't sing any more of that. <laughs> my favorite theme movie. It is. Um, it is. How many days is it to my 40th? Hold on. My phone already knows. How many uh, days till January 5th? It's 131 days till I turn 40. So I'm 131 days yeah. behind you. So, so you're, you're 1981, but just barely. I just. am. I am. You know, my, my grandfather was, there's a story that my grandfather was yelling at my mother to hold on. Um, so I would be born on Three Kings Day, the 6th. So close. And so is Three Kings Day the same day every year? It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, January 6th. Oh, kind okay. of like uh, Christmas is uh, the, uh, the 25th, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, good yeah, but nope, I couldn't hold on. I came, fl- oh, I came flying out with like a top hat and a cane. And I was like, <laughs> hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Do you know what? What time of day you were born? I never, I don't know. Like my yes. mom has never told me. Yes, I was born eight minutes to eight in the evening, and um, that, which makes me a Capricorn um, sun and a Leo rising, yeah. right? Which I am very in tune with both of those signs. Yeah. You know, what, what's your, what is your sign now that we're, <laughs> not that I'm trying to Virgo. pick you up. Oh. And I am the day after the cusp so of Leo. And um, so I consider myself on the cusp of Leo because Leo is very artistic and, you know, a lot of artists and performers and stuff come out of Leo. So, um, but I'm also very OCD Virgo. So (laughs) I feel like I'm mixed. Yeah, yeah, me and the Virgos, we have good, we have good bedroom chemistry is all I'm going to say. Not that, not that I'm trying to break a home here, Todd, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from what I know, from what I know about Capricorns and Virgos, it's like Shazam in the bedroom. So, <laughs> just, <laughs> and on a little bit more of a serious note, we always like to call back to our gay ancestors here. And so to to end out the year of me just doing this solo or to begin, you know, the year, right? The next year, me doing this solo. Did you know, and this isn't the happiest of times, but it kind of relates to today. Um, in 1985, in New York City, um, in the borough of Queens, parents launch a school boycott after the city allows a second grader with AIDS to attend classes. Um, and I found this really, really interesting because we're all like kind of 
going back to school now and like all the kids are going back to school and what's going to happen like I'm just waiting for this city to shut back down again you know yeah I uh I did not know that I I had never heard that um so did it happen like did the boycott did a lot of people participate you know, I didn't. I didn't go down. I didn't fall down the rabbit hole because I like to bring um, happier news to the pod sometimes. But this was September. This is this is what September 9th brought us today, and um, it's just so interesting how uh, not even that long ago we were kind of dealing with the, some of the same issues that we're dealing with today, but yet in a different vein. You know, it's so crazy to me. I mean, I guess we had a full pandemic in the 80s and 90s, especially in the gay community, they just didn't call it a pandemic. Um, but I guess, I don't know what the numbers were of AIDS deaths off the top of my head, but I feel like we've lost 170,000 people in this one. And people right. are just, yep, send the kids back. But like, even up until the 80s and 90s, when people were dying of AIDS, they were like, we shouldn't send people out and people shouldn't be around people that have it and stuff. So it's just weird that it like flipped, even though we have like confirmed cases of death now, people are like, no, send the kids back. Yeah, it's it's really, really, um, it's insane. And I don't know what the state of California is, but it's, I'm literally, I was talking to, with my mother about this. It was, I'm. we're literally just waiting to be, stuck in the house all over again you know because yeah. we couldn't we couldn't wait to like send the kids back you know well you um you're in new york right yes is so la is pretty much still closed i mean we have sidewalk restaurants <clears throat> um and certain stores like if you're like i live really close to the grove in west hollywood and uh, it's like an outdoor mall if you've never been and some of the stores are open, but like Apple won't open the Apple stores. Um, I don't think the Nike store is open, but like Michael Kors is open. Like random stores are open. Some aren't. Like is New York open yeah, at all? It is. Um, I had to go get uh, my iPad looked at uh, a couple weeks ago and I went, I made a Genius Bar appointment and they took my temperature and it was this whole protocol oh, and they wiped everything down. They literally, as soon as I walked into the Genius Bar area, they were like, sir, please stop. Right. And they took my temperature again. And then they wiped everything down before I sat down. And then I had to have hand sanitizer. And then I had to wipe all my screens. down. So yeah, it's weird what's open and what's not open. Somebody told me they went shopping the other day and it didn't even cross my mind that, oh yeah, I guess we, I guess some clothing stores are open. I haven't been to a clothing store since like February. You know, (laughs) so I was like, oh, I guess you know, who knew, who knew, who knew? And it's just so funny. Cause like I said, I was listening to my first episode, my first solo episode today, and just talking about taking moments of self care and taking moments to like digest and like, you know, feel yourself out and be present in the moment. And now we've had, uh, nothing but time to do that during this whole thing right <laughs> and now it's driving most of us and now it's driving most of us insane <laughs> oh so crazy and like i am pro quarantine like i'm very much on board of i personally we only go to the grocery store and that's it like we we get takeout but we only like uber eats or postmates it um, we don't go to restaurants. We're not eating on sidewalks. Yeah. Like I have not sat at a table and been served since March, you know? Um, and I'm very much pro quarantine. And even I am so stir crazy. I just want to, I just want to like go to a movie 
you know, and just like be yeah. served at a restaurant. Uh, I, like it's just it's funny I that just you miss say that the because your Instagram tells a very different story, sir. You're on the you're on the beach. You're on the sidewalk. You <laughs> are, you are from here to right? you know Timbuktu. <laughs> You're you're forever in Mykonos. I'm in Mykonos. Right? Forever uh, in Fire Island. I don't know. How, yeah. how do you manage to divide your time or just be everywhere yeah. at once? I mean, it's it's a struggle, you know, but you just have to persevere. <laughs> you just have to push through it. So let's get into it. Like, what made you decide one day? Like, you just like woke up one day and you were like, you know what? I'm just going to photo my sh- myself into this, uh, you know, thirst trap. Uh, photo here and <laughs> well, and make it a thing it it started last summer uh thinking about well last year I was just thinking about it um because I've been here for 14 years and so I've seen these guys come and go for 14 years and then I have noticed for a while that they are an Instagram culture and there's this one group of guys that I kind of saw in West Hollywood that um, I would always see them out. We would be at the same parties sometimes. And I just noticed that they don't have any fat friends. There's never anyone that has any kind of size about them in their friend group. And I even saw like an interview with one of them because they they did AIDS Lifecycle, which is the fundraiser where they ride their bikes from San Francisco to LA. And there was this one group that called themselves the Wolf Pack. And you literally had to have 3% 3% body fat or less to be on their team. Like they literally measured you. And are, are you, so, are you, you must be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And the <laughs> article is still online. You can find it. And it's an interview where they like measured each other's body fat to be a part of the wolf pack. And so I saw, and it's these guys and I saw these guys and, and just how they all had millions of followers and people fawned all over them and all this stuff and never had a fat friend. So I was like, I use, I originally wanted to like figure out a way to like physically get into their fit friend group and start posting these photos myself. And then I was like, that's never going to happen. So then I was like, well, what if I Photoshop myself into their pictures as a joke? So last summer, uh, my husband and I went to Palm Springs and we rented a private house and I was like, you know what? There's a pool. This is like their aesthetic. Let's take all these pictures. And I think I did like six or seven or eight in like one post, I just did it like on Facebook and my personal Instagram page as just like one kind of joke. And it blew up just from doing that. And all my friends were like, you need to do this as its own page. You need to start this joke as its own page. And I was at first apprehensive because I was like, well, that feels like when people start a page for their dog, you know, like, I don't want to be that person that like, runs an Instagram account for their dog. And they were like, no, this is really funny. You really need to do this. So I started Gay Fat Friend and um, I started it in October and it it kind of just sat there. I was posting maybe once a week. And then a month later in November, it just exploded. And then by December, I had 10,000 followers and I was doing it every day. So it just kind of took off and... Um, yeah, it's just people really resonate with it. It's been really fun. So I love that it kind of started as a joke and now it's this whole thing. And also what I love, because I've seen a few people that I kind of know through people. I don't like, we're not necessarily friends. Maybe we're an acquaintance and so on and so forth. Because I also do not have abs, trust and believe. <laughs> um, but uh, I love the way that it turned 
it has turned into when are you going to post about me? You know, like they are dying. They are dying to be on your page. Yeah, they send me their pictures all the time. They ask me. It's it's insane. And, um, you know, In Your Mouth listeners, uh, for the past, I don't know what, 6, 10, 12 weeks, however many weeks now, um, there has been, uh, you know, major major LGBTQ food people after food person on the pod. And I thought, um, you know, it would be a really interesting discussion to have with Todd just about this whole like kind of gay toxic culture and uh, what it means to to not have abs in the, in the gay world and and the body shaming that comes with it. And then, you know, I'm forever talking about gay body dysmorphia on this podcast. I mean, what, a few weeks ago, I posted a, a photo of me with fried chicken and shirtless. Do you know how many photos I, I had to take before I realized, Michael, put the fried chicken in front of your stomach and then you don't have to show your stomach. So, <laughs> <laughs> like the gay uh, body dysmorphia is real. And so, although, um, although this is what I love about your page, although it's really funny and the captions are really funny and it's, and the content is really great. It's definitely like satirical commentary on like, this like yeah. toxic gay culture that we that we live in, you know? It goes, uh, it, I like to say that it's kind of an experiment and that it goes in so many different directions, you know? Like I am making fun of this these guys, but I also do want to be their friends and I I want to bring attention to certain things and I, you know, it it's, goes in so many different directions and, and it there's a lot of thought behind all of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. And there's, and there's just so much there's just so much to unpack, you know, the fact that like, you know, the wolf pack that we don't have 3% body fat and, you know, most likely who knows, maybe we will one day. I doubt, I personally doubt it for myself (laughs) here, you know, Um, nor do I want that. I I feel like that's not that healthy. Like you need to have fat in your body. Yes. Therefore. Yeah. And what do you think makes us, what, what do you think keeps us looking young in the face? Right, fat don't crack. That's hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I remember at one point um, during my musical theater career, I was doing a charity show called Broadway Bears. I don't know if you've heard of, of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, for those of you out there who don't know, Broadway Bears is a burlesque charity show done by the the theater community here in New York City. There's one on Fire Island. They may have taken one out to LA. I don't, I don't know for sure. But um, I know one happened in London. Anyways, I digress. You go on like a two-month diet to be in this show because you are very, very, very naked. Yeah. In this, like, it's it's insane. And it's just, it's nothing I necessarily strive to to do or be anymore to like have, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it just... And, oh, this is why I was telling you this. Hello. Um, I went to the doctor one day, right, just to get a checkup. And I weighed myself and I wasn't happy with the weight. And he was like, Michael, you're being really crazy. You look great. And he goes, you being Latino naturally have a layer of fat under your skin just because of genetics and, you know, your people. And yeah. he goes, yeah. he goes, do you ever see those white people? And there's a white doctor, white Jewish doctor telling me this. Those white people out there who like, are really young, but their faces are like really, really wrinkled and pulled tight. He goes, it's because there's no fat under the skin. Yeah. And he goes, so they're like 25, but they look like they're 45. 
He goes, you're going to be looking young forever. And that I've carried with me, you know? Yep. Through, through like, through my, the rest of my career and my life. I mean, have you, have you found that like, that you get any negative reactions? Have you, have you gotten any like negativity from what you're doing? Uh, the original group of guys that I started with last year didn't like it and they didn't get it and they thought I was like bullying them. But everyone else has been supportive. I rarely, if ever, get negative comments or get people that are upset that I use their pictures. Um, one time I did, uh, maybe it's like two months ago now, I because I, I find them just in the Explore tab on Instagram or it's guys I follow. Um, and I just found a funny picture in the Explore tab and I was like, oh, I'll fit into this perfectly. I, I posted it, it did really well. But he was Spanish and he lives in Spain. And I think it was, I think it was just like a culture, like lost in translation kind of barrier. Like he didn't get it and he didn't like it at all. And he got really mad and like reported me for bullying. And I got all this flack from Instagram. That was the first time that that had ever happened. So that was a little upsetting. So now I try to only use guys I know um, or like friends of friends or guys I've seen before because that really, I don't know. it, It really made me kind of like hate Instagram for a second like I was like you know what I I'm not making any money from this um I like to do this because it's fun and it's funny and 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 it helps people like people have messaged me how much it helps them with their confidence and stuff and I like doing it for that but like it was cut it was at a really hectic time in the world and I was just getting fed up with it and I was like you know what I don't like like this really like hurts my heart I don't know why I'm doing this so luckily I took a break and uh and came back to it with different eyes kind of. And um, it's been, it's been fun again. <laughs> it's fun again now, you know? Yeah. I like that. And I like that you, um, I want to backtrack a second. Um, I like that you mentioned that uh, people have written to you that it's like kind of helped them uh, with their confidence and whatnot. Where do you think that confidence comes from in yourself? Uh, I don't know because like up until recently, I was like a never nude. Like I didn't even take my shirt off at the beach, you know? Like I was just like always kind of embarrassed by my body and scared and nervous. And then uh, I kind of just realized like for me, like I, I'm married, I'm happy. Uh, my life is really comfortable. Like, what am I afraid of? I don't like, I don't have anything to lose. I'm not going to lose anyone by doing this. I'm not going to, you know, embarrass myself. Like, who cares if I embarrass myself? I'm not going to lose anything. There's, it, it's not, you know, at the end of the day, Instagram isn't real life. And so I was like, and I'm a comedian. Like, I need to be using my body. Chris Farley took his shirt off all the time. Like, this is silly. I have this body. I might as well use it. So. And you have a body. Yeah. Uh, you also have a body in the, in our gay gayosphere or whatever you want to call it, that also is appreciated by by the other, you know, the other sixty percent, seventy percent of us that don't have abs. You know, there's a yeah. there's there's a market. You know, that's totally a thing I've discovered too. Is like, I always joke that there's a lid for every trash can. But like, even if you're not attracted to your body, there are so many people that are. So if that's something you're worried about, like. You are hot to someone. Like people think you are hot. You are what they want. And so don't be afraid just because your brain tells you you don't look how you want to look. 
because other people like that. And uh, I learned that right away doing this. It's like, oh, I, people do think I'm attractive and people do like how I look and I am accepted into these circles. And that's another thing too. Not, you know, not that I want to be like friends with gym guys, but I've learned that a lot of the really famous ones that have big followers aren't like the rest of people that have abs. You know, there are really nice people that go to the gym and are funny and don't take this all so seriously. <laughs> there they are nice have... people with abs out there. <laughs> Seriously. You know, because like, ju- if you just look at Instagram, it looks like they don't like you just because they don't have any fat friends. And so you get this thought in your head that people with abs and muscles don't like you. Well, and it's not just- only Instagram, honey. It's the gay bar. It's yeah. the gay vacations. It's well, the- and I've learned, I've learned from that is like, we're all shy at a certain point and people get nervous and people don't know how to interact in public and it's easier to be mean your whole life in any place. Like, why do you think we have so many Karens now? It's so easy to be mean. Being mean is the easiest thing you can do. It's hard to be nice because being nice is vulnerable. And so, yeah, like we all judge everyone so quickly, but at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. And I've learned so much from doing this that like the, the most like ripped, muscly guy is just as shy and nervous as I am with my big body. Like we are, you know, we all have stuff to work through. So um, yeah, it's been really eye-opening from there. And every day my confidence builds more and more that, uh, yeah, I'm just taking my shirt off and I just have a body like all of us. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I'm I'm somebody uh, who was who is rarely shy, right? Because I'm like, well, I got what I got and you're going to like it. And I'm also... I'm also somebody that has no game and single. So like I, I literally will make a complete ass of myself trying to pick you up. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that didn't work either. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. Like being with my husband too, really um, opened up a lot of confidence in me because um, my whole life I've been like embarrassed or shy to be shirtless or naked and my husband is like, you know, like those little kids, like when your mom says it's time for a bath and they just take off all their clothes in the living room and then run upstairs to the bathroom naked. My husband's kind of like that. Like he'll just take off his clothes, like, you know, never embarrassed, like never shy. It's just like, yeah, it's just my body. And I'm like, oh, I love that. That's, I want that so bad. And I love that there are people out there like that. They're like, yeah, I'm just going to get naked. It's cool. Yeah. These, uh, these days I'm like, like I said, I got what I got. And so. I just take it all off. I take it it. all off. But speaking about taking it all off, I'm (laughs) going to put a pause. I'm going to put a pin in this right now because I want to take you someplace different. A little little something, right, that is my favorite and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call Food News Update. Food News. Yeah. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Wendy's mocked McDonald's new spicy chicken nuggets and the tweet was harsh. Have you seen this? I saw that McDonald's was coming out with spicy nuggets, but no, I didn't know Wendy's was taunting. Well, have you been in, have you seen Miss Wendy? Because Miss Wendy can be vicious sometimes on Twitter. Yeah. Right? Wendy does like to come for other brands. Yes. Whomever they hired to like, you know, speak for her is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so basically, um, a couple of weeks ago, or like last week, uh, McDonald's announced it was releasing spicy chicken nuggets. Uh, Wendy's obviously had some very harsh words for them, according to Delish.com. Um, a follower asked Wendy's, I see that at McDonald's is coming out with spicy nuggets. What are your feelings? Now, Wendy's goes, must have scraped up all of BK's leftovers and slapped a McPrice tag on it. Wow. <laughs> She she went for the jugular. She did. Oh my god, it's hysterical. Um, and then when somebody else replied, "Well, at least Burger King, Burger King at least is better than McDonald's." Wendy simply replied, "That's like comparing garbage to rubbish." <laughs> wow. <laughs> speaking wow. about speaking about that, it it being easier to be mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I, I live for the clapback and I live for Miss Wendy. Um, are you a fast food person? Do you like, I, I can't tell you when I the am. last time I, I had a nugget. Well, uh, I do. I'm a fast food connoisseur. I'm also a nugget connoisseur. Like that's a thing I almost get at every fast food restaurant. Um, I haven't been eating fast food since, uh, for the past like six weeks because, you know, just turned 40 and my doctor was like, we need to work on your cholesterol. And I was like, Ugh, okay. Uh, but at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh, what's the point? We're all gonna die anyway. So let's just have Taco Bell every day. Um, so yeah, I do love fast food. Uh, Wendy's does have my favorite nuggets. I'm not gonna lie. They do. Like, it's like, it's because I feel like they use real breading as opposed to whatever that like, Yeah. you know? Like McDonald's are like a tempura breading and Wendy's is more like a panko-ish. Oh, look at her breaking out the terms. Do you cook? Uh, oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah? Oh, I need to hear all about this. Well, Miss Wendy, um, I think that uh, Todd and I are here for your clapbacks, whether it's about spicy nuggets or, <laughs> or anything else. Chocolate factory glitch sprinkles town with cocoa. Could you imagine walking out of your house one day, Todd, and it just like snowing cocoa? Like, just the smell alone would be so magical. It would be very, like, Willy Wonka in real life. Right? Well, I'd be afraid first, because I'd be like, what is this brown dust? And then I'd be like, oh, my God, you know, chemical warfare. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, it's chocolate. Yeah. Wait, where was this? So, um, in a town in Switzerland was dusted with, like, a different kind of snow last week when cocoa powder suddenly uh, started falling from the sky. This is an article from munchies.vice.com. Uh, Residents in the town of Olten started noticing snow-like cocoa particles in the air ground and on their cars, according to this German media site, rtl.ee. It was a scene straight out of a movie, one local said. Um, apparently, the Lint and Sprungli company confirmed that there was a defect in the cooling ventilation for a line of roasted cocoa nibs in its factory in Olten. And so strong winds that day caused the powder to spread across the area in a chocolatey flurry. Wow. That sounds so magical. Right? <laughs> well, I heard that, um, I've never been, but I heard that the Hershey factory in Pennsylvania, like that whole town smells like warm chocolate. Oh, it does. I can confirm. I have been to Hershey Park. I have camped out there. Um, so yeah, many moons ago. And it, um, 
yeah, it, the whole town. There's even like a Hershey's like university and whatnot. Oh. One of the best chocolate martinis I've ever had. Um, the best part about this is that the company assured the public that the cocoa particles don't harm people or the environment. And it also offered to pay for the cleaning of areas dusted with the powdery treat. Aww. Isn't that isn't that great as we go, uh, as we like, you know, spiral into fall and all the pumpkin spices, <laughs> all the pumpkin spices released, right, these days? Yep. It's time. It's starting. Starbucks started this week. I mean, ugh, I'm not ready. I mean, I am ready. I'm just never ready for a pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. <laughs> well, fall is my favorite season. I wish it was October every day. Like, I wish October was the only month we lived in. Oh, really? Uh, That's funny. Yeah, That's I, funny coming from someone who lives in L.A. I know. I hate it here. Oh. Um, <laughs> I miss rain. I miss snow. I miss seasons. Like, yeah, I... Uh, I hate summer. I've never liked summer my whole life. I'd much rather be cold than hot. And yeah, there's just, I'm a basic white girl, you know? I just love fall. Fall, fall you know, and cinnamon candles yeah. and pumpkin spice yes. lattes and yes. like a good Willamette Valley Pinot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Lint and Springley, if you want to send Todd and I some chocolate just because we are chocolate aficionados. I think we would accept a, a, a flurry of chocolate coming our way. We are a villain. This glittery maple syrup will give your pancakes and French toast a much needed shimmer. Cause speaking of basic bitch, why not have glitter in your maple syrup, Todd? I heard that's like the new trend this year. I don't know how much it's going to take off, but it's like when everything was like unicorn colors or mermaid colors, the new trend is edible glitter in everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, are you a big pancake waffle guy? I am actually. My uh, my yearly tradition on my birthday is to wake up and go get a big fancy pancake breakfast, which this year I had to go to McDonald's and get McDonald's pancakes because it was all that was available. Oh, wow. Uh, Where would you get a pan? Is there like a good diner near you or are you like heading to oh, like yeah. a Denny's or something? Um, I live a couple blocks from a restaurant called Cantor's, which is a really famous deli. And they have the most delicious pancakes and they serve it with a bowl of melted butter and you just pour melted butter on top. Oh, it's so good. Oh, Oh, it's just so, listen, my my chair is all wet just from that. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking so dirty to me. <laughs> um, but like I I am definitely not in the market for edible glitter creations, but I can see that there is a need for it, you know. Yeah, I may need a run amok maple to send me some of this, or I may just need to buy some. But this uh, the sustainable pure maple syrup brand, Run Amuck Maple, is dropping a limited release of syrup infused with sparkles that was created with one sole purpose to make you smile, according to the brand's website. The syrup is made of the brand's original maple syrup with food safe pearlescent mica added to it. Uh, the sparkles are flavorless, and so they're simply for flair. Thank you, Delish.com for that. Uh, they eventually settle at the bottom of the bottle, so you'll have to shake it up to see them shine. So the syrup was released on September 1st, and you can only get it for a limited time. So um, if you need some sparkles on your, on your breakfast, 
Run Amok Maple has you covered. Do you know, um, I don't often put sugar in my coffee, but if I do, it's in the form of maple syrup. I, I heard that that's a new like sweetener trend. I am Splenda across the board, but yeah, like I heard all the different like agave and maple syrup and now does it taste maple-y? Uh, well, I mean, I don't overdo it. It's not like it's a teaspoon at most, you know? Yeah, at, and like at most. It just adds sweetness. It doesn't so much taste maple-y. Um, it gives you like a, a back, you know, on the back of your palate. You're like, ooh, what is that? Is that fall in my coffee? I got to try that sometime. It's delicious. The, like, the pure maple syrup that's like runny, not like. Yes. Thick. No, not uh, not um, any of like the high fructose corn syrup brands out there. That like shall not. Yes. Um, who is no longer these days. Um, Are they changing the name on that too or just yeah. the picture? I, I thought maybe they're changing the name. I thought they were changing the name too. Right. Uh-huh. I think they're rebranding the whole thing. Anywho, um, if I get my hands on some, Todd, I'll send some your way for oh, sure. Please do. <laughs> I would love to see it. I would love just to have some glittery coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Um, so I'm a certified Disney gay. I love Disney. I don't care. I'll scream it from the rooftops. Um, but I only Disneyland here in California. Like, I don't go to Florida. But apparently at Disney World in Florida, they're opening a glitter drink cafe. Oh my God. And I want to know how many people come back like with some sort of ailment or sickness or right. Or, I mean, or something or think they're dying because they're, they have glitter poops or something. Like what? I don't understand what it is. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it, how it can be good for you. It's probably going to be one of those things that comes out in five years. It was like, Oh, you should not have been eating glitter. Uh, this is like asbestos <laughs> for your body. <laughs> It's like asbestos for your body. And with that, I think that's a perfect way to end food news update. In the past year, Todd, I think there's been something like 156 food news updates of me doing this solo. That's a lot of food news. That is. That's a lot of food news. That's a lot of, that's a lot of educating the children out there on the most mm-hmm. ridiculous nonsense that it's that is out there in the world. Um, I've, yeah. I've never realized how much just ridiculous food news is out there from people stealing, uh, like from real life hamburglers to Domino's yeah. saving people's lives to all sorts of things. <laughs> you know? I just um there's a documentary on netflix i forget what it's called but they were like exposing different parts of the food industry and i didn't realize that honey is one of the most counterfeited black market items in the world honey i didn't even think about that but it only makes sense um and yeah it's so funny how many laws especially in our country there are to use the word honey and different words you can use associated with honey, just for honey. Yeah. So nuts. Yeah. That doesn't, you know, it's so funny because that doesn't fly like overseas, you know, like mm-hmm. in Germany, when you go to McDonald's, it, like there's like, I've seen like placemats being like, our beef comes from here and our bread comes from here. No, not here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. I want to get back for a second to, um, being confident and being confident in your body. And, and, you know, this is um, a big gay food podcast after all. And 
we were talking about where your confidence comes from. And I was wondering if uh, you would share your coming out story with us. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, I came out when I was, started tiptoeing out when I was 18 and 19, and then I was fully out of the closet gay when I was 20. Uh, and I told everyone except my dad, which was always kind of weird to me, but my mom, my mom said that like my dad would, it would really affect my dad. My parents aren't religious. It was nothing like that. But like she said it would like make him depressed and think it was his fault or something, which is weird. Cause like never, he was never, my dad has never been like a sports guy. My dad has never been like, one of those guys that's like, oh, look at the tits on her. Like, my dad's not bro-y. My dad's not, it was nothing, you know? So. Usually, I, usually I'm, like, I'm that guy. Usually I'm that one being like, oh, look at the tits on her. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and, right? Like, I do that too. And I'm talking um, about the guy at the gym with the abs. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The big gorilla chest. Yes. And uh, I, uh, yeah, so I didn't, I, I came out to everyone in my family, all my friends, the world when I was 20, but I didn't tell my dad until I was closer to 30. Um, but my exact story was <clears throat> I had studied abroad in London and that's when I came out. And then when my semester was over in December and I came home, I got in this like huge funk and depression because I wasn't out of the closet in the States, you know? And I was like, oh, am I going to have to go back in the closet? Like, what's happening? So I was, like, super depressed, like, not getting out of bed, not eating, like, just depressed. And one night my mom asked me, she was like, is the reason you're so depressed because you're gay? Because I don't care. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And, you know, just, like, instantly started crying. And and this was, like, right before Christmas. And it was just, like, the weirdest, you know. But, um, but yeah, so my mom kind of outed me for me. Um, and then from, yeah, from then on, I was just out of the closet. I love that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great story. And um, throughout this, throughout this years long journey um, that I've been on solo on this podcast, I've had many, many a different coming out story. And I always say, you never know who's listening and you never know who it could appeal to and affect. So A, first, um, thank you for sharing. And yeah. And B, um, it just goes to show you out there in your mouth, listeners, each one of our stories, as I always say, is unique and important and 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 special, special in its own, own way, whether it's good or bad, because we've had, um, and maybe bad is the wrong word to use, but we've had not so great coming out experiences, but at the other end of the road or the journey, they're this fabulous person, you know, and it made them who they are today. Ultimately, I always like to say that no matter how hard it is at the beginning, it's always gonna end up better than lying to yourself and lying to everyone around you about who you are. Like living your ultimate truth and being who you are and never having to hide anything about yourself is the most freeing experience you'll ever have in your life. Yeah. So just... I, I know people that have been disowned. I know people that got kicked out. Like it, it's hard. It is hard to come out of the closet, especially in certain places. But if if you are strong enough to get over that hurdle, it is going to get better, and you're just gonna love yourself even more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And we wouldn't be the fabulous body positive 
people that we are today without like our coming up and coming out and living in our truths, you know, yeah. um, and me running around this city naked or what, <laughs> being a big old dirty nasty, but not these days, not in quarantine, me stuck in 120 square feet of Times Square, honey. Oh. So I live in, I live in probably what is one of your walk-in closets. Um, I was going to say, that is the one, I lived in Brooklyn for three years before I lived here. Um, so from 03 to 06, I lived in Williamsburg and I shared a tiny three bedroom. Technically, I think my bedroom was a closet they converted into a bedroom. Like it was a twin bed and a window and that was it. And uh, yeah, in LA, it's just the land of size. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a size queen, honey. <laughs> yes. Before we close out, I'm really curious to hear about you writing for uh, Ms. Joan Rivers, May She Rest in Peace, and Ms. RuPaul herself. Yeah. That's a fun little fact. Joan was my first TV writing gig uh, like eight years ago, I think, 2012. Um, And I wrote for her uh, up until she, like right before she passed. And um, which that's like a whole different story. But um, it was just iconic it was just amazing it was you know she'd been an idol of mine my whole life and just to sit in her dining room and write jokes with her and make her laugh was just the ultimate dream coming true you know it was crazy yeah i heard she was an incredible person so so kind so nice so funny you know yeah amazing and then how did you end up writing for uh, rupaul um so after uh fashion police i um just saw this job listing online for a you know quote unquote producer because reality tv doesn't have writers you know Mm -hmm. wink wink and uh, i saw this job for a producer and it pretty much said it was for drag race without saying the words it was like popular drag queen competition reality show and i was like well there's only one um so i applied for it to uh write the challenges and write you know all the the challenges the queens have to do over the course of the season for season seven. And I got the job. Uh, and I think it was because I wrote for Joan. Like when I interviewed with the producers, they loved that I worked with Joan. And, and um, yeah, so they just hired me. It was all so fast. And then, and then we just wrote the show and it was, it was so exciting. Um, and then the internet tore it apart. <laughs> oh no, tore season, yeah. tore season seven apart. Yeah, it's 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 one of the most hated seasons. Is that the Bob the drag queen season? No, no, it's the season that Violet won. But it's uh, like where Trixie and Katya came from, and you know Ginger Minj. And yes, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of icon Jasmine Masters. Like we had a lot of icons on our season, but everyone always says like when you ask people, they're like, "What's your least favorite season?" And people are always like, "Well, season seven was bad." I'm like. I don't know what else you want. We gave, I mean, we gave you icons. So. Icons. <laughs> and I, oop. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> That's incredible. But, oh my God. In your mouth listeners, like the royalty, the royalty volume just keeps getting turned up on this podcast. Like all these famous people and now somebody who wrote for Ms. Joan Rivers and RuPaul's Drag Race itself. Hello. <laughs> what can we expect next from um, our our gay fat friend? Um, well, I just cleared 30,000 followers and it keeps going up from there. So hopefully I will get to a point where 
uh, you know, I'll start getting those sweet Instagram brand deals. And, um, and I'm also working on a book. I want to turn it into a book. So I'm trying to get a book deal. So. Oh, that could be cute. Like a cute coffee table book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I've gotten a lot of requests for a calendar. So yeah, I think I'm going to figure out how to do a kind of coffee table slash essay book because I, I just have so many stories from doing this. Do people still use those calendars? Like those old school, like flip calendars? Yeah, like the calendars you hang on the wall. Yeah, people want those so bad. Like I would say I get hundreds of requests a month for calendars. And I'm like, well, girl, I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> get off it if it's hundreds of requests. You know, at well, $20 I, a pop? Yeah, the, well, the world is closed. I can't do any photo shoots because um, I can't, you know, I can't use other people's pictures for a calendar that I'm selling. I have to actually shoot those myself. Yeah, so. yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I guess you do. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, there's, I'm sure there's some sort of like weird American law that like you can change the photo enough to make it yours or something. <laughs> not that, not that I, I advocate stealing people's shit. You know? <laughs> well, that's actually a thing. There's a thing called collage law. It's how Andy Warhol did all of his art. If you change it enough, it's considered your art now. So, so yeah, that's, that's how I get away with the stuff I do. That's incredible. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I'm so excited. And this has been such a great way for me to celebrate um, just a year of like, you know, flying solo and doing this and having you on the pod and having your, your great energy and just, you know, just having my gay fat friend. On. Hey, yeah. Congratulations. That's so cool. I know. I know how hard it is to produce stuff alone. So congratulations on a year. Yeah, this has been a labor of love. And there were people out there who didn't think I was going to make it. Um, there were times I didn't think I was going to make it, especially during this quarantine. Yeah. Um, but I love it. And all sorts of people are coming out of the woodwork now. Um, and so, yeah. And I'm obviously going to have to paint some abs on myself so <laughs> I can have my very own gay fat friend picture. <laughs> I would love that that'd be so great well thank you once again for giving me uh, time out of your very busy schedule um, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on uh, out there in you know podcast land hopefully you're back to the grind as per usual hopefully your kids are safe if you have kids and they're going to school hopefully you're safe and um, go out there and have a pumpkin spice latte for me to celebrate or something, you know, you know what? And as always, wash your hands, wear your masks, and thank you for listening to a year of in yo mouth. Yeah.